Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yo, yo, Alton, our stars podcast. That is the name of the show. My name is Chris Payne. Uh, pretty much every week on this show, I have an artist who I'm really into. I mean, that's why I have them on. Only bringing on stuff that I like, but this is one of those episodes where I really, really like the artist I have on. Their name is Health. They're a band from California, from Los Angeles, who put out an amazing album this year called Death Magic. It's going to be on my year-end list, probably towards the top. I think a lot of people were into this album could have been even bigger. We talked about how it's kind of difficult finding a fan base for their sound because it is so individual amongst other stuff that's out there right now. You're going to hear me geeking out a little bit in this podcast, maybe a little bit more than usual because I do like their stuff so, so much. And I just saw them over the weekend, so we're going to talk about the live show as well, some firsthand stuff there. Actually, I've seen them twice in the past three months, so... We have a little talk here. We we go in deep. This is Health on the Alt and Our Stars podcast. Enjoy. So this is the Alt and Our Stars podcast here in the Billboard office with Health. What's up, guys? Hey. Hello. This Hello. is Jake. That's me. And you are John. Yes. Yes. And then uh, I'm BJ Benjamin. He doesn't have a mic. So we're just we're, we're passing around a little bit here, but we're making it work. So you guys played Les Potions Rouges. Mm-hmm. Les Potions Rouges. Oui, oui. <laughs> Les Potions Rouges. <laughs> you played Les Potions Rouges last night in New York City and played Music Hall of Williamsburg Saturday night. So for everyone out there in New York City, what is the better venue? Better show? Oh, I don't want to. Oh, you guys, I guess that's one of the questions you don't want to. I'd say I like playing on Saturday night more than Sunday night, just pr- pretty much as a rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's 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 all good. There are two different vibes, you know. It's like Brooklyn is very, very much has its own identity relative to Manhattan. I think it's nice hmm. to play. I think the first night we were like, it'd be cool if we just played two shows in Williamsburg, so we wouldn't have to move our stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that being the only reason. But I think it's nice to play in Manhattan. A lot of times that we come to New York we've like ended up only playing in the city or only playing in Brooklyn so it's good to do both so you still think there's like a definite vibe change going from Manhattan to Brooklyn these days yeah well like last night we were in the village so and any like uh negative remarks we heard before we played the show wasn't at all about the venue it was just like 
Brooklyn people being like, I don't want to go to the village, you know, because it's far. But um, there's like, it definitely seems like there's a different vibe between Brooklyn and Manhattan still. But it's also really venue specific. Like, it's a question that comes up a ton. Like, what what are shows like in London versus New York or whatever? It's usually it's like it's more about the venue. Yeah, and with it being far, like I live, you know, maybe fifteen minute walk away from Music Hall. Going to Le Poisson Rouge in the Village is not far. It's like four subway stops. Yeah, but that's the same as any city, man. Like you ask Los Angelinos, it's just like if you have to go. For us, we all live on the east side. Not to get too techie LA on it, but like if you have to cross Western or Vermont, we're just like, oh man, I'm not. That's too far. I'm not going. <laughs> uh, I but, like to imagine that there are those people in Manhattan who like never left Manhattan, and they'd be like, Brooklyn. Oh my God! Like they wouldn't go. You know, I like picture this old timey kind of thing. Well, there Whoa. are Manhattan like like people that they're just their world is like ends at the Hudson. That's yeah. how they roll. Yeah. Some guy like he looks like the cartoon New Yorker guy, and he's got a monocle, and he like walks into Le Poisson Rouge, mm-hmm. like this rock and roll recital. <laughs> Um, but they were both great shows. Mm. We enjoyed um, – we're about halfway through our tour, so they were some of the better shows. I mean, New York's always good, so, um, you know, you try to aim to have shows that be good in places that you don't expect them. You know, you want to have, like, your fish-in-the-barrel kind of spots like L.A., New York, SF, London, stuff like that. So You want to make that Milwaukee show pop is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. we, we've had some great shows in Milwaukee, yeah, man. Yeah, we have. Get ready, Boise, <laughs> Idaho, because we're about to come. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Bring it, Boise. No, so far, yeah, this uh, Philly was, like, the best show of the tour. I mean, pretty much every show has been amazing, so I'm not ruling anything out. I can't wait to, to take it to Omaha. Who knows? Omaha was awesome. Food Warren Buffett's going to be at the show. He's going to show up in his white <laughs> suburban. <laughs> Connor Oberts checking the band out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who else? I don't know. Yeah, else that's it. Nebraska? That's, that's it. Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> I view the world from like a very specific lens sometimes. So when I just think of Omaha, I'm like, oh, Saddle Creek Records and, yeah, Connor Oberts chilling. And Warren that's, Buffett. Yeah, and Warren Buffett. And that's. I just, I just imagine Warren Buffett. And, <laughs> yeah, I, Warren Buffett and Connor Oberts just like playing. Five cards stud together, like in a little <laughs> <laughs> smoky like, backlit like, room. Cheer up, Connor. Why are you so down? <laughs> it's like, ah. It's like, I mean, I'm rich. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, the album Death Magic's been out for eh, a few months now. Yeah. Maybe, like maybe close. Yeah. Three, something like that. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I love the album. It's a really big jump off from where you guys were last. A big like evolution you might say if you drop in fancy words like that so just like and now that you've had some time to chill with it tour behind it a little bit what do you think about the reaction to the album so far well we exploded the billboard charts let me tell you <laughs> yeah. hey we charted we charted man <laughs> no it, it's been really good i mean we were on a not a hiatus because we were working but obviously um there was a long time in between records so we ended up doing a video game score and like touring cycle was long so I think our biggest fear, addressing what you were saying, was, you know, there are some production style changes, then there was, like, you know, a pretty palpable shift in the aesthetic of the band. Like, it still sounds like the same band, but there's a very big change, and people ask us about it, like, were you worried people were going to um, be really critical of that? Our actual bigger fear was that just no one would care at all that we put out a record, because <laughs> <laughs> it took so long. So, that didn't happen. People cared, and... So that's been, I think that was the greatest anxiety. So having it come out was was actually like, 
a very uh, it was like a weight was lifted. It's like oh now we can like go be a band again and tour and the shows have been really good and I mean the um, fan the fan reaction has been incredible. So in that way resounding success. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was just like a very liberating thing to actually finally it was an albatross around our collective necks to just like get a record out and so now you get back to the business of like getting better at playing shows and getting tour tight and you know figuring out what other videos we can make so we're kind of just like back into the cycle of like what our job is essentially yeah yeah because like you guys like have been working on music pretty continuously because the previous like quote studio album was 2009 right yeah yes yes correct so (laughs) so i mean in between there you guys did the max Payne soundtrack and i've been working on death magic for a while but i guess to the casual fan the outside observer who's just like kind of glancing at spotify maybe like they're like oh it's been a minute since health has done anything but you guys are working on stuff yeah i mean but there was definitely a long enough period of time where it's like what were you guys doing there there's a good like (laughs) two years just like Redacted off the books. Like, yeah. Not accounted for. Like, that's on me. It's like not. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was like, you can make an, a case for, hey, we put out a record. We're a live band. Like, that's, you know, that's what we do. And so we had a really long touring cycle, which is like two and a half years. And then it was like, buckle down, write the third record. Then we started doing this video game score, and it took just over a year. So that's like three and a half years. So the other two and a half years. A lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Time. <laughs> it's like that one's just like, hey, I don't know. We were honestly trying to make the record. It just like it's just like yeah, we you know sometimes. Word yeah, so, so it goes yeah. Let's drop in a little bit of music off that record. This is track two. It's called Stone Fist. Drop that in there. Pick up. Also, I want to talk to you guys about another really interesting show you played not too long ago. I was at Basilica. I had a great time there up on the Hudson, upstate New York. You guys headlined the first night of Basilica Festival. It seems like that would be a crazy experience to play that. Take me through it. Uh, that was an amazing festival. We didn't really know what to expect because, you know, it was a, a noise-based festival, and we kind of felt like we were like this bro flip-flop rock band <laughs> like just gonna crash like a like an art show or something but actually kind of did yeah but the reaction was really good because i think people were just like yeah give me a beat give, give me some give me some kick drum <laughs> you came on a couple hours after sitar music which that was actually my favorite moment of the night oh that you was, saw that yeah okay. I was there yeah, there you, know, you were there all day oh yeah. word it was incredible yeah we drove up and were there the whole day okay. um i wish that's one of those festivals i feel like like Primavera or having been there, it's one of those ones that I would just go, you know? Like if I there was a cheap ticket next year, i just come to New York and be like, I'm going to go to Basilica because we didn't get to stay for the second day. I heard it was rainy, but... It was very rainy. The day we played was gorgeous and just that... It's, it's just a very well-curated, like... What I liked about the festival so much is that it had like a through aesthetic the entire way. Like from the, you know, the way that the posters are drafted to the art that they have in the main space to like the food that they serve like everything has like a very well curated um cohesive aesthetic so it's like it was all like 
instead of you just playing a festival and your music is just you know there on whatever stage it's like you're part of a greater whole so that that was cool and i think we were worried about that at first that we wouldn't fit but then it ended up being like really good so you took the bro hyphen what what was that title you just made up again flip flop rock We've always seen ourselves as like. Flip flops right here, actually. You know, we come from a fair amount of noise scene. Can't but. see it, but they're there. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> there are flip-flops being worn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amongst the members of health right now for those listening sometimes like 39 well actually flip flop rock was a uh, genre I coined we were trying to figure out like what is that that amorphous like terrible uh, like it's it's not a genre but the you know I've seen better days like oh. I just want to fly it's like Sugar Ray Lenny Kravitz Incubus yeah it's like Bro C flip flop flip flop rock Long Beach but it's not even rock. It's like it's mellow, you know. He's got a chill, man. So you guys think you sound like that? No, yeah. I was I was being you know self-deprecating. Okay. I was just saying. Oh yeah. I was saying relative to the East Coast noise curated like our, I never saw so many tasteful tattoos. Just like everybody was like very, <laughs> you know. We were just kind of like, you guys liked rock? What's up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean we come from like an experimental noise scene, but we're like, and totally do that. But we were all, you know, we're also dudes from Cali kind of bros so we're like alt bros or like experimental bros experimental yeah. yeah experimental bro like that I think especially based on our first record you know which is really pretty avant-garde and, and atonal and like people would meet us and think that we were going to be part of some weird like art collective like hard to talk to thing we're just like what's up dude <laughs> some beers. You, guys oh. want, you guys like beer <laughs> I mean, talking to you guys now, if I just heard that music, I would definitely be somewhat surprised by by the level of bro. Well, I mean, I'm not a bro. I mean, I'm like but a I real am, bro. we're going into this talk about bros. Yeah, I mean, I have I'm I'm a, I'm 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 begat from a bro dad, so it's like I got I got bro genes. I mean, I'm like I'm from San Diego, so like my blood is like 15 percent potassium bromide. Yeah, it's like, it's I got a lot of bros. One of them lives in Bro Ohio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> bro reload. Um, I, my dad is wearing flip flops right now. I can feel it. He's like in. He's like his his. If he jumped in the water, his shorts would be dry in like 10 minutes. Dick's <laughs> Dick, dad's pretty awesome. He's, he's got a tank top on. He's always wearing a tank top. Swimming shorts, flip flops, and he's like can make no, no, a margarita he, in five no. minutes. So no matter what, does he, no blender doesn't need anything. He 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 wears off brand Tevas. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Tevas. You got to do that because they don't fall off. Yeah, because like he might need to run or something. Yeah. But he's not going to pay full price for regular Tevas. He doesn't need the trademark. 
So bro doesn't skip a generation, not quite. You got some of the bro jig. Yeah. Okay. It's not so, recessive. <laughs> the dominant dominant jig. <laughs> so at Basilica, thinking back to the, the way that was, you mentioned the well-placed, very highly curated tattoos, everything fitting into the vibe. I can see how you guys shook things up a little bit, but I think it fits, and especially because the set you guys played had a good amount of stuff before Death Magic. Yeah, um, I, I think... You know, it's been an interesting thing. We we also just played this festival in um, Poland called Unsound, which is like a similar, on a more epic scale. And both, Basilica did, actually didn't ask us to do this, but there was kind of even from the curatorial perspective of the festival, just like, hey, can you guys not play like your super pop jams? Like from this. They actually asked you? Well, they were like, just like, you know, they wanted to fit into the festival. And okay. we actually ended up playing, and the same thing happened in Basilica. Like the best response we got from the songs was when we played the newer songs. Yeah, we, we were trying not to play a certain pop jam, and the crowd was feeling so much of Basilica. We're like, dude, just, just play that one. And then people were going crazy. And it was like a highlight of the set. So it's like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing too. It's like, we come from this noise experimental scene, and like once we did like a few more melodic tracks or like poppy, it wasn't like, oh, what are you guys doing? Immediately, you know, even those crusty, unshaven guys would be like, I really like that melodic one. That's really good. You know, and like, so we got that encouragement because you know, people like tunes you can listen to. People like songs. It's yeah. true. Our, it's true. Our, our songs, I mean, the poppy ones even are still, there's a lot of experimental elements in them. It's not like you can't. Yeah, slicers don't usually happen on in radio songs, you know. Yeah, that's the thing is you get you get um, kind of lost in your own perspective on. To us, you know, we'll write a song and be like, "Man, this is like this is a pop song or whatever, or really melodic." And then to a normal person, they hear it and it's like, "What is this bullshit? It's crazy. What, what's going on?" So I think we overthink that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you were talking about this scene you guys come from. I know. Jake, when I interviewed you a couple months back, we talked a good amount about the smell of this club you guys played back in the day. Tell me what that was like and what, you know, what this. I, I kind of hate always saying the word scene, but I feel like there's really no other way to express that. So tell me what that scene was like. It was definitely a scene. Very much a scene. <laughs> um, and, and, but I mean that in a positive sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, scenes are great. They, they inspire you. You know, you have community musicians, you can find a fan base. Uh, it's re- it was really important to, to us being a band. I mean, I think that in terms of, um, you know, for me to look back now from where we are as a band, I kind of feel like that will always stand out to me in my life as like, you know, if you were in, I'm not equating it or making an analogy to you were in Haight-Ashbury in 66 or whatever, but for us, like our little microcosm of that was the mid to late aughts in like L.A., and like the kind of underground noise scene that was happening there, and there was connections to, to cities like like Baltimore, and like they had a really fertile scene. But we just had this time where it still was sort of a bit of a stigma to be a band from Los Angeles. It wasn't cool, you know. Like, and there was um, just this really productive underground noise scene that was not at all related to what we saw as more of an East Coast connection from noise music to art and like this kind of RISD vibe it was punk rock so it was free noise instead of punk shows so you just had kids putting on warehouse parties where people would just get wasted and have a really good time and then make incredibly experimental experimental music that they would just dance to it like it was like some hardcore punk song and we were there for that right at the inception of our band and it was so inspiring that we saw those kind of elements and and um but we were four dudes with you know like drum and bass guitars and um starting a band like from a a normal perspective and we took those elements and 
integrated noise music and like we wouldn't have been able to ever do that without that scene and at the same time that that happened the smell got national attention and people will ask us like what you know some kids starting a band like what do i do to you know really start a band and it's like there's a lot of things you got to do is like in terms of working really hard but a big part of it is getting lucky and that was our getting lucky was that that scene happening at that moment and the smell becoming enough of like an epicenter of attention it got national music press and then like now we get to be in a band professionally because that happened like we get we did our work but that was the the sort of catalyst so it was probably one of the most important things to ever happen to the band was to be in la at that time yeah and we're talking like no age played there Abe pagoda mm-hmm. yeah all, all Mika Mika, the meishi those, those only the band the, the more band bands uh got known there was a lot of really stuff was just too weird to live that was like in the scene <laughs> i mean there was this was captain ahab i don't even know how i could describe what that music was but like those were some of the greatest shows i ever went to and yeah. he's very listenable i just it just didn't just i don't even know what it. you would it, <laughs> yeah, i've never heard I, captain ahab out you couldn't and just just hearing it wouldn't what's the god album again the album about the whole thing is oh yeah the whole album is for the point of view of god moments right after he's destroyed the universe yeah just listen to the highlight of the song is, is I don't have a dick. Yeah, there's this bum, amazing bum, like bum. I don't have a dick. <laughs> it's amazing. There's there's literally a six minute like electronic epic about the fact that like God would have even though God is male from yeah. the Judeo Christian point of view, there would be no need for him to have any sort of phallus because he doesn't need to impregnate anyone because he begat the world so it's like he's just explaining why he doesn't need to have a dick but that doesn't make him like any less strong and yeah. it's like so you gotta, put, not that, a you lot gotta of... put that out there but there yeah. is this next level like rave build it's like it's mid and a half yeah. with like uh like outside of human range of hearing like making right. sick frequencies playing and he's just like i'm relating to you in soon my biological oh, no no my condition going over every <laughs> every single yeah. way that he doesn't have a dick it's pretty damn brilliant it's 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 genius but there's no um there's not a market for it <laughs> not exactly <laughs> but so yeah there was there was those bands that you know that people like heard about like ava go to no age to meishi us uh, mika miko um you know, but there was all kinds of other stuff. Really, the the really fun stuff was when you would just. It wasn't just the smell. There was this place called Il Corral. That was actually my favorite venue. Well, yeah, we were an Il Corral band, and then we we moved to the smell. We started actually at Il Corral, but Il Corral didn't last too long. Well, the biggest thing about Il Corral is you could drink. You can't drink at the smell, which is oh, why shit. it's still open because it's an all ages venue. Okay, and that's how those always get ruined. Is you know some mm-hmm. idiot like rolls a burning tire through the alley because he's wasted, and then the cops show up and the venue gets shut down. So they're they're very serious about that. But Il Corral literally was like a warehouse space that had a rope swing hanging from the ceiling so if a show got really rowdy a kid could grab this rope swing and go get up on a rafter and just swing into the crowd and kick you in just the like back just like tarzan style just yeah. totally tarzan insane it was i saw really violent i saw a singer once <laughs> get swing you'd be up on the top and people would swing you around from the bottom and yeah. try to throw you off mm. like i saw john got his head cracked on like a brick windowsill uh and i also that fucking dude the dude from that band Faggot. Sorry, that's his name of the band. It's not my fault. Uh, but he, uh, <laughs> that guy almost fucking broke my spine. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, I saw, I saw a guy um, in this like thrash band, this singer. It was so amazing. This kid waited. He, I'm, I'm just gesticulating and no one can see it, but it helps me talk. Uh, he took the rope swing all the way to the other side of the venue and like, like camped out on this windowsill. 
And then the moment that this singer, because it was a sparsely attended show, turned his back, he swung the whole length of the venue and then double kicked him in the back, and the guy flew like six feet into the drum kit. <laughs> I actually do remember it was, that. It was, that was fucking so hilarious. crazy. Was there? I guess there's no videos of that because you said it was sparsely attended. Well, there's a uh, Sean Sean Carnage is who put on the uh, Monday nights that we're talking about. He put out a film called. 40, 40 bands, bands in 80 minutes. minutes. Yeah, and that was... But that doesn't they, really capture... It didn't really capture, but they did shoot it at that but venue. It captures the um, morale and the time we're in it. The, yeah, and also out. there was just so many, uh, like, joke bands or bands that would exist for, like, two shows. The stupid-ass concept. It was a really fun time. Um, but, yeah, we really... And, like, we really... Health, you know, we were really minded. We wanted to, like, dominate those sort of scenes. We wanted to be the best band. We really wanted to, like, take the scene by storm. And the scene was really supportive and we, we, we started to develop a fan base you know well yeah you, you guys seems like had sounds fantastic aspirations you, you wanted to do something more besides just like hang out in Los Angeles and you know yeah and we, we also you know we had our own lofty goals you know we were like we were influenced by like a New York noise band we like wanted to do certain things like the way heavy or melodic whatever you know we, we always were ambitious the other thing was we always you know as, as much as we were aware of that scene we wanted to kind of keep ourselves at like arm's length and exactly like you know make sure we weren't just pigeonholed to a certain vibe or concept of LA we actually didn't really sound like we fit into the scene we were part of it but we practiced a lot <laughs> and uh <laughs> well actually that was the thing you got shit for that like yeah. dudes were, you got shit for practicing the Macy the Macy's another no, big band from that scene the, the, and they were next door to us when they were always they were like, like you, you guys, guys are, are always in there yeah right? <laughs> no he's like you guys are really good it's like kind of lame but really cool I don't know people yeah. were, we, we came out actually it's like we were really dedicated as like a fully formed band so once we played like Il Corral fully you know uh, in like no sound system really venue and we were like had this totally like organized super tight set people were just like what the fuck what, what did you guys pull? You know, because there, cool. there was like there was this SoCal sort of garagey um, punk vibe to it that was part of the charm. The yeah. charm is that you know it's like let's be lazy, man. Southern California, let's get stoned. We'll like we'll make some noise band and like play for two weeks and then break up. Um, there was so many like joke bands, like uh, what was I rape Nick Lachey? I raped Nick Lachey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dog shit tacos. Yeah, dog shit tacos. Dog that shit was taco. a serious thing. Well, actually, <laughs> that's a great name. A great I actually have a text document here. That I just, I just like whenever I come up with uh, noise band names, I got like uh, Mom Life, Fat Axel Rose. I'm just always trying to. <laughs> but yeah, it was Prima just... Donahue. So I remember one collaboration you guys had from around that time was with Crystal Castles when they remixed was Crime Wave, right? Yeah, for yeah. Their album. That that was another sort of crucial thing that like helped our. Yeah, band. Actually, that yeah. and the smell. That and the smell. Those were the, 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 the one-two punch. And you guys are still working with Alice on some stuff, right? Uh, Jupiter is okay. Not not us as a band. Okay, so. So you, you guys perform as a trio when I saw you guys at Music Hall. Yeah. So is it just a trio now, not a four-piece Well, live? it's like he couldn't come on the tour for personal reasons, like just stuff he had to do. I see. Um, so we're, it's like we're still figuring it all out. Okay. Was it tough kind of adapting, like, who plays what in the stage show for all that? Um, we have a pretty non-traditional band setup, so it was somewhat easy to uh, kind of figure out. Like, because you don't have to refer to things as, like, Oh well, you know when you do the when you do the keyboard solo, like yeah, none of yeah. that stuff happens. So because there's a lot of sampling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of just like noise elements. So actually, it wasn't that hard. Yeah, because I was watching that thing because like it'll be a little bit difficult for people maybe just listening to like get the gist. But you guys, it's it's kind of like choreo 
in some ways, or maybe not like that scripted, but you guys have like moves, like work in the base. Yeah, I mean, we with the mic. Come entertain you, man. There's yeah, a, you better spend some money. Yeah, we're, we're giving. We're it's a performance, though. Yeah, I mean, we, I think yeah. that that is. Um, a great fallacy of like people who are like oh you know you're like really performing it's like if you go out on stage even if your move is to like shoegaze and just not perform your performance is not performance yeah. so there's no way around that so I mean I guarantee almost any band you see no matter what it's like their sound check is gonna look different than when the room is full they're not just up there you know you're, you're trying to relate with the audience and we I think we make um very physical music, but it's non-traditional, so you can't necessarily know what sound is created. You know, what what instrument yeah. is the um, uh, the what the sound is generated from? So you have to have like a visual corollary, and that mm. comes from us being really physical on stage. So that you understand, it's like okay, there's a big moment. It's really noisy because I don't know what the hell that sound is, but those guys up there know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even from our first show, we would, like we would play to four people and from our very first show was like we need to go as energetic and as crazy as possible and act like everything is a really big fucking deal and that's always been a dedication and it's it's entertaining you know well and then, and that that gets you into the music and that was always our way of dealing with um it's the same perspective on whether or not a show is sold out or you're playing a big festival or you're playing a really awkward show because of whatever myriad reasons there's no one there like when we started, you know, you're playing in a basement in Reno to like five like straight edge kids, and you're just like, whatever, we're just gonna go crazy. So that way, I always thought that that would be the hardest thing about being in a really mellow band is getting in a situation where you had to go up and just like play really gentle music to people who didn't care. Because if you're like, we can play really aggressively and just cathartically deal with that like on our own terms, like as a band. Yeah. So, and I see a lot of shows where bandstand still and the audience is just like a disorganized line clump of people standing still so yeah that was that was fun i like keep keep moving around is what i'm saying yeah keep doing but that. you know it's people say oh he's just performing it's like yeah i don't like take my toast out of the toaster and like throw my hair around all crazy <laughs> it's just like what the fuck are you supposed to do like <laughs> yeah i mean we're on stage like you know you came to see and also it's it's energetic music it's like when you watch footage of dead Kennedys it's like Joe Biafra is up there performing it's like it's hardcore punk like you know yeah. it wasn't like punk rockers didn't perform I mean a hardcore show like kids beating the crap out of each other or fighting on stage is like a performance like Henry Rollins got punched in the face every night because that was like a part of that art movement if you want to quote unquote make you know the art statement about it but that's you know mm -hmm. um, so that's part of what we do yeah, let's drop in a little bit more music. Let's play an old one. This is Die Slow. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the collaborators on Death Magic because there's some interesting ones. You guys worked with Andrew Dawson, who had, I was telling my friend who I went to the show with on Saturday night like about this, and he like couldn't believe it that the dude who has engineered every Kanye album from the beginning produced like most of your album. Uh, he produced like a lot of, especially the percussion. Um, 
We worked with multiple producers, but yeah. Yeah. We worked with him for a long time. I think the overarching producer of the record uh, would be Lars Stolfers because he we, we kind of reproduce everything slightly with him, and he was kind of the over, he was the, the 40 to Drake or whatever you'd call it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, okay. So I, I feel like he produced the record. However, Andrew Dawson, we did a ton with him. and We probably did more record. dates with him. More dates with him. Major impact on the record. Uh but like the what we the what we ended up doing with Lars ended up sort of being the overall vision, I guess, of the album. That, of what, what was yeah, there's it? a lot of cooks in the kitchen to yeah. get it done. But mm-hmm. yeah, the reason that happened was um, we were, you know, I think the perspective on our band is that we're the easiest way to sort of explain it is that we're a rock band, even though it's atypical. Whether or not you want to say noise rock or now industrial rock, and so the prevailing wisdom is always like we got to find you guys a rock producer, <laughs> and the way we wanted this record to sound was was modern that was kind of the perspective was like why doesn't someone make because you listen to music like you know a Katy Perry song hits harder than a hard rock song now because it's like just the language of sub bass and like electronic drums yeah and so um you know we wanted to articulate the our sound palette and the language the things that we do musically in this sort of pop perspective and to us, the way to do that wasn't to find like a rock dude. It was we were listening to hip hop and like radio hip hop, and so there was just kind of this aha moment. It's like, oh, well, why don't we work with someone who like works on hip hop tracks and pop music? Well, and also because Dawson had also he did all kinds of different kinds of music. I mean, Andrew, we're gonna Andrew's actually because you know in the years we were able to try to make the music, we couldn't figure it out and we couldn't like work with the right guys to get the shit we needed to win, and. uh <laughs> Andrew Dawson was like a turning point where like working with him was like he totally got it and we started doing work on tracks like yeah that's exactly what we're trying to do this can happen we can do this you know yeah it's just a, a younger perspective on music is you know like kids now some 18 year old kid um, who just uses Ableton like his bread and butter every day is just like sub bass and beats like a 45 year old dude who's like engineered some great rock records might just be like I, I don't that's not my bag. I don't yeah. really want to mess with that. And that was something we wanted to stay away from. So someone like Dawson or Lars, who's also young, or like we did, you know, stuff with Bobby Kerlick, who's Hex and Cloak, just those were the things where it's like people who are like listening to music in a modern way. And not that they uh, have anything against rock music, but we are never really a rock band in that sense. We were always trying to sound, for better or for worse, relevant to whatever date that the record comes out. You know, yeah. it's like... When Death Magic came out, we wanted people to be like, this sounds like a record that came out now or doesn't sound like another record. And the way to do that is not to go and try to make a record that sounds like a bunch of dudes playing guitars. Yeah, and it's like, I wish there... Do you get a sense, are there any other rock bands out there doing anything similar to that? Because I feel like there's not. There's nothing much that sounds like Death Magic. That's kind of the goal. Um it does make it harder to find an audience because people don't know what the yeah. hell you're doing. It's a yeah. lot easier to have a genre. Like, we, you have a great... Have a, yeah, scene. You have a longer expiration date, like, because I feel like if we had come and been really tethered to a scene, once that scene falls out of favor with, the, you know, the musical populace, then you're kind of old hat. It's like, oh, like, well, that electro clash isn't popular anymore, so yeah. some dude who was killing the game in 07 is, or whatever, you know, like, like, Bloghouse came and went chill wave yeah witch house yeah stuff Lots like of that ending in house <laughs> yeah so we've been lucky to evade that but then the other issue is when you don't sound like anything else which is a great um achievement not that we're saying we're not we're, all we are is in, endlessly influenced by other music but uh at the same time 
the problem that it creates is that people have a hard time contextualizing you. So it's like if people like like I like uh, retro rock and roll. If a band comes out that's in that genre, they're just like, I like that band. I'm going to the show. Yeah, so, you can gain a lot of fans quickly. So yeah, we got to stick. We're still here doing our thing, but yeah, it's kind of it's, 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 it's a little it's a little harder. You know, people are like, oh, what kind of band are you? Like, I don't fucking know. You know, it's like you like this. Do you like his? You know, it's it's hard to sell. I mean. What I've always wanted to say is that we are a modern hard rock band, but hard rock has never been yeah, tasted. People think of Kiss or Motley Crue. Yeah. yeah. Certain people would. Yeah, or like, you know, like, uh, I mean, I don't know what band it would I mean, be. I love hard rock music. It's probably my favorite. But yeah, that, that, that's um, that's kind of what we're doing. It's like, this is well, a well, it's hard like, rock it's like, band. You're yeah, bros. Yeah, well, it's like people are, uh, this is the one thing is that we've kind of been talking about is I, I love heavy music. I love it. It's like it's been my. I was. I came up on punk rock, like early punk rock stuff. That's what got me into music. That's why I wanted to be a musician. Very rarely is heavy music that becomes popular also tasteful. Those two yeah. things very rarely intersect. Like Hap Nirvana, that that one worked, you know. Usually though, it's like if it's really heavy, like. Nine Inch Nails and still you got like lines like I want to fuck you like an animal and that's what made that song so famous but it's like that's tasteful like production wise but it's very hard to make those work because when you say mm. modern hard rock immediately you're going to think that must be terrible ooh I'm going to run one by you you said most of them aren't tasteful Linkin Park not tasteful nah <laughs> man I, I'm a, I, I came up like hybrid theory came out at the right time in my age development I got hey, some... I'm not saying they're not a big band or an important <laughs> band. I'm just saying it's not like it's it's a hard thing to do is to be heavy and tasteful at okay. the same time because there's an innate kind of dumbness to it. Just like yeah, well, being heavy is inherently not tasteful. Yeah, <laughs> like, I want to smack it like a wagon. Dude. You know, like, why are you doing that? Like that? Well, it was like uh, we had we were like really fortunate to have. Was that an ACDC? Yeah, that was, that was, that was unreleased <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it was like we had uh, we were like fortunate to have like the New Yorker like wrote a piece about our new record and there was this one moment where it wasn't referring directly to us but I can't I'd have to paraphrase it but the writer said something like you know there's like a, a, a what is it like juvenile preoccupation with heaviness <laughs> or like like with headbanging and well, we you know, mentioned the monocle guy before, right? Like coming into it was the venue. him. He wrote yeah, the it was him. <laughs> yeah, that but was, you know, it's but reporting. that's that's not wrong though. It's just like this kind of like, man, I want it to be really loud. <laughs> you know? yeah. But I love that, especially for live. You know, it's, yeah. it's the physicality of it. So we just wanted, you know, now the heaviest music is is EDM. So you know, we don't we wanted to do something else, but ha- but communicate that same. You want to have something for kids that are not just like there to like watch a pyrotechnic show and do molly yeah also want music to be intense because now it's either that or like really tasteful music that makes you want to clean your apartment or like buy nice pants or something it's like oh i really could shop for shoes to this this mm-hmm. is great well they stopped it's threatening <laughs> they stopped selling cds at starbucks so i think that market is kind of on the downfall right now yeah they're probably just listening to podcasts man it's like why am i bothering time all these songs i gotta listen to this new enya record man I've been listening to a lot of Enya lately. I've she's just great, heard the single. The single is dope. She's she's amazing. So is she's like never played a never show? Never played live, I don't think, or only once ever, and she's like one of the highest selling music artists of all time, wow, like she's the like top the five. Female Randy Newman. Does he not play live? <laughs> he, he didn't perform live. He wasn't known for playing live. He didn't I think she like like was like once ever performed live. Well, it must take so much for her because I always picture just like like 
what what's it's it's like a rainforest full of like people like 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 Fern Gully like all you know the movie Fern Gully with all the fairies I picture them like singing back up and playing all these magic instruments so like That's... maybe you have to like you know, like burn some bones like blow in an ocarina and then Enya appears or I like to imagine more that it's like Enya that we know is just like some model that they contracted but it's like this really overweight <laughs> dude with like a falsetto yeah, Enya, <laughs> Enya, is actually, Enya is a bro as well or it's an anagram of Yanni or something, and it's like it's just a dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna get sued by Enya for no, no, we, we, we libel. Really, we do really love Enya. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's great. Um, all those pure moods, jams, man. Pure moods one is amazing. That one has Adiamas, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, it's got the. That's Enigma. got Enigma got on it too. Songs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that band, how does that's like one of those bands of like has to. It's like. Only could exist in like France in like the nineties. <laughs> like, it's so good though. It's I don't know amazing. How you can do that. I just like how are you like like hey let's get together and work on some music. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you write that. It's brilliant. I don't it's know. It's like it's like where did you get that panpipe thing? It's like what if I just went sad? <laughs> you know, like, it's very sexy. It's, it's like people that, are gonna like that. That is good. Like all right, all right, breakbeat. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, that's a that was a converging of many roads to create one beautiful moment yeah and i'm actually not even being sarcastic i love that song so. i feel like you know the new bieber like uh-huh. um what do you mean there's some pan flute kind of there is vibes dude on that. we've been talking for <laughs> we actually missed the boat for years we were actually talking about like having because steel drum that was already going you know like 10 years ago people right. were using that in hip-hop like soldier boy had steel drum in it like We've been wanting to use pan flutes, but we never had the balls. And yeah, then the, no, then the bubble burst. It's just like, oh, man. <laughs> we, can't, we can't be pan fluting now. Because, you know, like, well, Paul Simon did it on his on his first solo record. Um, just pan flutes all over that thing. Hey, we used, uh, we used didgeridoo before all them, though. Oh, yeah, we did, totally but we pitched it down. Yeah. Oh, I wanted something fun to talk about. Let's talk about New Coke, specifically vomiting for New Coke. But yeah. that's, for people listening, that is... A song on the album it's called new coke and actually a little fun fact is a reference to the failed clear crystal pepsi not cochinia the drug no 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 it wasn't crystal pepsi it was just the new flavor of, of there really just was a new coke they changed oh the coke. remember i know what you mean now it's cosby a, and this new coke is better yeah than it's, it's a little it's a little stigmatized because of cosby now but there was actually like if you go on youtube it's terrifying the whole campaign for New Coke, because Bill Cosby was such like a just huge celebrity. It's like late '80s. He was like mid to late '80s, yeah. so. and it's just like it's I don't just, I don't remember it. Yeah, it but it's, it's just Bill Cosby like in a Cosby sweater, just like a just a can of New Coke, and it was just a catastrophic failure. It was like Tab or something. It just had a totally different. Well, no, basically Pepsi was beating the market. Pepsi was a little sweeter, and so they made Coke a little sweeter. And then they like came out with the new Coke, and everyone fucking hated it. But then they went back to the old Coke, and then because of that, Coke got more popular and just beat Pepsi. So, so like, there's like a one by a losing. Conspiracy there's theory? a conspiracy oh, yeah. theory. With the, that would actually be a genius marketing. There's no thing. way they planned that. It. it was just like what? Well, no, because people aren't that cavalier with giant. Companies. No, the money they spent and like the disaster of New yeah. Coke. But it worked out. So anyway, that's the reference. It's not about drugs. We we were it was a joke name, and we were just kind of like, it's kind of a sick name. We're gonna leave that. And it also, it's like it's kind of a joke. It's like, all right, this is the new health. 
I know you like classic Coke. <laughs> this is new Coke. By the way, new Coke was a failure. You don't think it's a good joke. So, yeah, we'll be going back to classic Coke on the next album. <laughs> Platinum selling classic health. Classic, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back with a noise rock record and just <laughs> blow the doors off this whole deal. But, yes, um, the video featured slow motion vomiting. Um, remind me, which of you was the one vomiting? John and I both vomited, and both. and Jupiter as well. But um, Beach was out of my, town. None of my vomiting is in the video. It just it didn't look as good as the other guys. So you did all that for nothing. It wasn't even on that's the video. Just how, that's how filmmaking works, though. It's you got to do what's best for the movie. I did a lot of stuff for nothing for that video. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Well, you you know you're in the video. You didn't. Um, I was I was pumping iron. I was. Oh yeah. I, can, I, I can, had a ball gag in my mouth. With water, <laughs> that's true. That didn't make the I final cut either. Waterboarded with a ball gag. That's you didn't get waterboarded. I can guarantee you. That you lucked out not having to do the puking. The puking yeah, was I, horrible. We, so, uh, well, the original concept of the video was like way more ambitious, and turns out a lot of stuff we filmed just kind of sucked, so just don't use it. Um, we all had our own little vignettes, and Beej was like working out in a basement. And had, with like, a ball, ball gag, gag in his mouth. mouth. <laughs> and, and occasionally dirty water from a rag being poured into my yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not really – it's very visual. I don't think we should really spend too much more time. You'd have to have like, – <laughs> yeah. Um, so for those listening, like the the video, at least what what made it to the final version, it's like coming up on this party. It's night. People are, you know, lining up, trying to get in. Everyone's looking cool. And then once the chorus of New Coke comes in, you guys are projectile vomiting in the bathroom. Well, we wanted to kind of make a little bit of a satire of like uh, music videos where you want to present the band like, oh look at how cool these guys are. They're going <laughs> to these downtown LA parties. But we actually film this like at warehouse parties. Like it's. Yeah, we you shot know, at Lil Death, which is probably my favorite party in L.A. Yeah, it's stuff that we actually do, but, you know, you still feel kind of douchey being like, check it out. Just yeah. Just at the party. But then everyone's, you know, drinking and doing drugs, and so we wanted to have an about face where you 180, and you're like, almost to the point where you're like, okay, everyone's so cool. They're, like, all getting, like, loaded in this cool warehouse. And it's like, and then you're just projectile vomiting in a dirty bathroom. <laughs> so, you know, we wanted to, like, acknowledge that it was um, – Self-aware. Yeah, we're yeah. like we're documenting a scene in LA in time that that's culture is important to us, but also yeah. I mean, honestly, it was just about the puking. We worked backwards, like all right, so why are we puking? How do we get there? Also, oh, a little death, you know. It wasn't intentional. Also, it, it looks if you watch it this way, it's like it's like my role is I'm running away from the, all that. Yeah, the yeah. whole time I'm just like fleeing that scene. Yeah, he never makes it to the party. Well, the idea was that everyone's gonna head to the party and then we all meet at the party and then the beach, because we had to film him totally out of, out of sequence, it's like, he's just this crazy man just running wherever he doesn't even go to the party. <laughs> but yeah, the... the um, Alright, well, I was saying is actually like, I was at the party and I had to get the fuck well, out the, of there. This is the beauty of film is everyone has their own That's interpretation. True, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but mostly it's about the puking at the end. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> no, that was literally the... It came from a joke. We were working on the song. There's this one moment which sounds like this crazy robot explosion, and Lars, our producer, was like, "Man, you should just have slow motion puke in this, uh, like right when this beat drops." And of course, he was kidding, but we were like, "All right, I'm listening." So then I started going and finding um, the phantom cameras that shoot like 4,000 frames per second, just finding YouTube clips of different, you know, people shoot a water balloon with a bullet. And then I actually found footage of people vomiting in slow motion, and it was like, oh, it totally works. So then we rented those cameras, and then you drink a gallon of milk as fast as you can and wait. It's horrible. How long is the wait? Uh, for me, I didn't even get through half the gallon. I, was oh, like, wow. I have, like, a really, like, I don't throw up. Like, 
so it was really hard. That's for why him. when Jake's puking, his oh, fingers man. in his mouth. He actually couldn't do it. I had to put my I'm st- like that. I wouldn't. I never throw up. Yeah, I my stomach was like I drank a gallon of milk basically, and then, and I I I couldn't even get most of it out. So, a little fun fact: if you drink a gallon of milk, even if you puke up half of it, it's such a crazy amount of lactose that like you basically just like an hour later just start shitting pure milk because your body can't <laughs> lactose is an irritant to your stomach lining so your body is basically just like get this out of here so it's just like first it's milk and then the next day it's just cottage cheese you're just making cottage cheese in your ass <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's like you gotta suffer for art if you want to you know well i did this uh garlic cheese curds there yeah it was it was it was it was dark i had terrible <laughs> stomach pain like Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I did like an interview for this thing, like Meltdown Comics. Like, was that real? And I was like, oh, I'll just prove it. And we just got milk. <laughs> that was the AMA. Because oh, for the AMA, the Reddit asked me anything. Like, oh, I did it for the AMA. That was, yeah, that's what I did it for. Yeah, yeah. 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 The AMA was just at we, we yeah at Meltdown. Meltdown. We filmed it at uh, Periscope and like. Uh, but it's rad though because you shoot it out. It's like it's this really intense <laughs> puke, and your throat doesn't burn because it's milk. That's the good thing. You don't get any of the, the stomach acid stuff. Doesn't happen. Yeah. So you don't have the weird, crazy, like you know, drinking puke, like burning thing. It's uh-huh. just it's all milk. Yeah, it's like almost like it's the it's, the horrible part for like you know stuff not making it into the cut is we had all these kids like we threw this party and like we thought like we'd have like this like the red wedding puke <laughs> moment um so we got all these other kids who are like oh i'm gonna be in a health video it's like I'll, I'll puke and it's like none of it really translated and it's just editing wise it didn't work so there's there's all these kids that like probably like we're like oh the video is coming out it's like oh man i drank a gallon of milk for that puke. no black dog black dog was like depressed we should, uh, we'll use that as a bumper or something something yeah well, well we should the black dog one is shot super good and he does an amazing puke it's just like he's not in the band so you'd be like who the fuck is this guy yeah. yeah, and it was too blue. It was like too. Is it green? Yeah. Yeah. This is just your friend who just shut up for the video. Yeah, my buddy Black Dog. He was just like, I'll puke, and he's just like, he's this amazing one. Huge that one fan. Yeah. Well, he he's more of like a, he's a, you know, like the the. the it didn't matter. Black Dog. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so you got footage in the archives, vomit footage. Yeah, that's oh, going yeah. in a All time capsule. With the Sapruder film. Special features. <laughs> Let's drop in a little bit of uh, new coke so you guys know what we're talking about. Here it is. So yeah, um, I feel like we covered a lot of the uh, the health essentials, a little backstory, vomiting, some of those collaborators. Is there? Are you? Because I, I, I remember when I interviewed you, Jake, you said that, or someone, some I, I interviewed Andrew, I interviewed Lars about the album, said that you guys wanted to do more with Hacks and Cloak, but he winds up going on tour with Bjork, so it didn't quite happen. Yeah, that's are you guys, absolutely true. Are you guys going to do anything with him in the yeah, future? Yeah, we're hoping he just moved to LA. He moved so. to LA. Oh, all right. Hitting, I've been hitting them up, so yeah. Yeah, we just hung out with him in New York last time we were here and at Basilica. Um, oh, right, right. And so, and his stuff is rad. So we just like um, want to just hang out. I mean, he was ten minutes, not even ten minutes. He's like right by my house. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's moving to LA. Exodus it's happening. Exodus. Yeah, you guys gonna monsters. come out there, man. <laughs> Driving up that rent. 
Yeah, it's true. You guys, New Yorkers are driving up our rent. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are showing up as like twenty eight hundred for a one bedroom. That's great. <laughs> just like, are you out of your That's mind? So no cheap. Kitchen. No kitchen. Perfect. I, it's like, oh, I don't need a kitchen anyway. I'll. I'll just use a little can of Sterno because yeah. now I have a parking space. Or like, it's, like, it's like <laughs> you call up the real estate broker and they see that two and two number on the phone. They're like, oh, I'm going to work on this person. Yeah, I'll yeah, get yeah, myself yeah. a deal. With a hurt yeah, on this Two one two. Uh, 6,000. Yeah. Well, that's, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell, wow. Yeah, that so, sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, man. Cool. So thanks for coming out, repping New York. Unless there's anything else you guys want to touch on, I'm good. Um, uh, say thanks to New York for the shows, LPR and me. Love the call. city. Great shows. Love it. Yeah. Always love New York City. Oh, the island women. There you go. <laughs> That's true. The island women. That's for fucking church. My God. Very beautiful women in New York. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's going to turn cold today. All right, we're done. All right, done. <laughs> Peace out. So, yeah, that's another episode of the Alt in Our Stars. Hope you enjoy my little chat with health. You should as if I didn't make it clear enough in that interview. The album is fucking awesome. It's called Death Magic. Out a couple months ago on Loma Vista Records. You should check that out. But yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope you did, you should subscribe to it. You can do that and get it every week. We run every Friday around noon. Subscribe to the podcast by clicking on the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. That is, if you're viewing this on billboards.com, the article. If not, if you're just streaming this somewhere at your friend's house in the car on the subway whatever you can just search for the alt in our stars in the podcast app on your phone and itunes and subscribe there once you're in the itunes you can also access archived episodes we've had lots of fun stuff lately we've had let's see we've had butch vig on the podcast we've had otra Nouveau on the podcast we've had bully on the podcast lots of fun stuff i've enjoyed a lot so yeah, like I said, any feedback is absolutely fantastic. I love getting all of it from you guys. Hit me up on email. My email is chris.payne at billboard.com. Just hit me up on Twitter, too, at cpainonaplane. And if you can leave a star rating on iTunes for the podcast, that also helps a lot. So until next week, until next Friday, uh, enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.